have you had any epiphanies? Well, if you're going on brain schedule, if you're going on brain schedule, it's a six day period of sober up from all the December drinking. So yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing's happened in those first few days of January. No wash. I just decided to lean in. <laughs> I just decided to take December drinking and go, let's see what January exactly. can do, you know? <laughs> I see you in December and I'll raise you a January. After 2020, why are you not drinking in 2021? <laughs> Welcome to episode 182 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint of fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Brian Burkoff, Shannon Weston, and Olgan Holder address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And we would love for you to help us support nokidhungry.org as you know during this time families are struggling across the country food lines are long and if you donate $25 or more to nokidhungry.org and send us proof of your donation we will ship you one of our very own pub theology pint glasses anybody got a pint glass there we go I'm on the road this week so I didn't bring my at no cost to you we will ship it to you free so again $25 to nokidhungry.org and help feed some families during this difficult time this week, we'll talk about New Year's intentions, vaccinations, truths, and epiphany. So, Brian, welcome back. Hey, it's good to be back. It's so weird. If I was mouthing along to that opening, forgive me. <laughs> I had it memorized by the end. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, what are you drinking today, Brian? Hey, you know, I am embarking on a dry January after kind of going overboard uh, as saying farewell to 2020 and New Year's Eve. So I've Which got a, I feel like is a post-show story that I would like to hear. I've got a good Absolutely. cup of coffee. Hogan, <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there? Uh, well, this week I'm, I'm, I'm in Maryland visiting the girlfriend. So I am a flying dog, winter warmer. Oh. Canine winter warmer. That's a warmer. good one. Yes. That's a good one. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, so we, we tend to read labels. This one has this one has a little bear story. Now is, I need, <clears throat> need the right voice. Now is the winter of our content. In the blossom of the rug of the bear. Oh, sorry, the bosom. The bosom. The bosom. The bosom. Like, what? <laughs> In the bosom of the rug of the bear. I don't know. Warmed by the blaze of the fire, the idle pleasures of the night speak to you. Entertain the fair, well-spoken days that embrace the prophecies, libels, and dreams of the longer nights. I don't know what the hell that means. Wow. I don't know. Cardamom, Bitter, Bean, and Cocoa. It is. It is. I love Winter Warmer. What do you got going on? I'm finishing up our Christmas. So this is a redo. Um, This is Miracle Weizenbach. It's my last one. Uh, Union Brewing. Again, um, Black-owned brewery here in Baltimore, which is one I miss terribly. They have great space. Um, so we're doing, and the, the, you know, the thing is, um, there's a, actually it's the neighborhood that Union Brewing's in 
um, has a 34th Street, Hamden, and they go all out for Christmas. So that's the, that's the can. Yeah, don't nice. you miss going to breweries? Oh, so bad. Like, so bad. Oh, oh. anyway. Um, so what are you most looking forward to or excited about in 2021? Mm. In a weird way, I'm sort of um, looking forward to, this is going to be kind of dark and cynical, everyone being disappointed about everybody being disappointed by how much 2021 looks like 2020. A cynical side of me. You want a bubble? You have a bubble of people that you can... Uh... We have a family bubble because we have... Um, so okay. yeah, my best friend and I have... She has stood outside my door on my birthday in the rain just so she could see me. We have... We spent some time on each other's decks this summer. Um, mm -hmm. But no, we, we have not... We're not, we're not able to, let me put it that way. Like sure. part of but, that's and, us, but part of that's our family situation. I think in, 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 you know, the flip side of what I said, cause that's partially true, but I also look forward to doing these things again. But what I'm also looking forward to is when we get back to restaurants, live music, going to the movies and all sort of stuff, I look forward to hopefully experiencing them with a deeper appreciation of yeah. what I'm actually doing. You know, before COVID, it was just, you almost did it absentmindedly, you took it for granted. You know, it was just just one of the things you did. And now, I, I, it, and, and I think people will have that deeper appreciation for a little while and then it might fade, but I'm really hoping that, 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 that we all just, when we go out to restaurants again, for the however long we do it for the rest of our lives, we remember 2020 go like, you know what? Mm, so grateful that I can do this yeah. now. Brian, what about you? What are you looking forward to or excited about? Well, I'm already excited because my kids went back to school in person uh, this week. Oh, God, so, don't even. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Uh, this is miracle. We had a few hours of, of respite today because, uh, you know, uh, like so many, we've been doing Zoom school for too long and four kids trying to all stream their classes and do homework and anyway so a little more space is good and looking forward to a little more space in general uh not planning yeah. to uh do any campaign craziness this year so i'm you know i'm just grateful to have some time to read and reconnect with folks do you think do you think 2021 will now feel and seem uh, a little boring compared to 2020 and all what you were doing for the last couple of years <laughs> Well, I mean, I have more time. So it's like, boy, wh why did I feel busy before I was running for office? But it's just, you know, it's just a recalibrate. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was great. <laughs> it's just a recalibrating, right? Because it's just a different way of being. And when you're in the midst of this campaign, yeah. it sort of takes over your life. And it's just, you know, one thing after the other. And, you know, now it's more like, you know, back into the managing my own schedule and being proactive, uh, which you know, it takes a little while to, to make that adjustment. Yeah. And, you know, there's definitely going to be a, as busy as I've been, there's just going to be such a different busy, you know, at the, on the other side of all of this. Yeah. And I'm, I, you know, I'm just 
trying to hold on to both. By the way, I totally am going to tell on Layton right now. She said she's, she texted me and said she's watching and she keeps finding herself talking back to the computer screen like she's with her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Layton, what are you looking forward to in 2021? <laughs> That's, that is, that is, that is awesome. Type it in the comments. So, so, so Brian, last, last question. Um, honestly though, wasn't it, are you going to miss somebody just telling you like, where to be and where to show nope, up. I will not stuff. miss that at all. I never <laughs> liked being told what was on my schedule. I hated it. So I don't miss that for one second. I think there's a piece of me that would enjoy not having to think about that, you know, to look over and go, all right, what am I doing today? Where do I need to be? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, okay. So I will say there, there always was this little, well, that that's something that so-and-so can take care of and I don't need to do that. So I didn't mind that because I don't, there have, it is. I don't have any assistants or staff with my church it's like it's it's on me yeah. unless i delegate whereas right. with campaign with the staff it was kind of nice to be like oh so and so will we'll do that piece right exactly that that part i would like of like yes. i don't need that, to do that, that. you do good. that yeah um so in that respect do you have any new year's goals resolutions or intentions and how did you choose them Ooh. well i already mentioned uh taking a break from alcohol this month and I chose I think I was gearing up for this anyway because it was a hard year for all of us. He did a lot of drinking at the end. There of the was year. a lot of drinking in 2020 and <laughs> with even more and so it feels you know now I'm what what is it the fifth today? Uh, oh the fifth dang it it's hard to get away from it. a fifth but five days of not drinking I feel better already. Good, so that's good my, for you. You know, my intention is to get through January and hold to my, <laughs> that's my new year's resolution. Hashtag fun time February. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See us in a month. We, we can, Brian, you and I should talk. We could talk about entry, so back entry, because I, I can oh. have some recommendations. Um, so I can't really, so I stopped new year's resolutions a while ago. I used to choose like a word for the year, you know, that was, that was more of an intention, you know? Um, and I, I, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't, I didn't have it in me this year. Like, I was like, I like it, or if I had one, it would be like survival. And I didn't want that. To be <laughs> like, I didn't want that to be it. I mean, one of the things, I guess this goes to the previous question of what am I looking forward? Like, I am so looking forward to getting out of survival mode. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't even need to get to thriving. I just want to get out of survival. And yep. that's a hard place to be. But I am, um, I will say this, for at least the first several months of the year, I am being very intentional about um, asking myself the question of what, what do I like about my life right now? What do I miss about my old life? And how do I moving forward when, right? Because again, we've said this before, the doors aren't gonna open and we're all just gonna run out of our house. It's gonna be a slow yeah. uh, rollout. Good. So how do I in, be intentional of keeping the things that are important to me right now while also getting back some of the things I've lost? Um, and so a lot of that just looks like all around balance and health and those kind of things. but. Um, right now it's just still a lot of questions, you know, just, yeah. Hey, yep. you know, do you like this? Do you not like this? What do you miss? What do you not miss? You know, yeah. those kind of things. I was going to, I was going to say pretty much the, the same thing, you know, in 2020, we had to be very intentional about who we spent time with and where we went. 
right? Because yeah. it's, 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 it's a pandemic, it's a contagious virus. So you just can't be hanging out with anybody. Uh, and, and I think there was, there's a certain gift in that intentionality and, and, and mindfulness and self-awareness. Um, so, so to carry that into 2021 and, and beyond, you know, where, where do you want to really invest your time and your energy? And we kind of said it before COVID, but we still got pulled in 28 different directions that we didn't really want to go, whether it was because of family commitments or work commitments or friend obligations or whatever. And, and in 2020, we had COVID as the excuse. Now, sorry, can't come hang out. There's a pandemic and there's going to be 15 of y'all and we're not doing that right to keep ourselves safe. I don't think we need a pandemic to, as an excuse, we should be okay to say, you know what? I am tired right now. I need some rest. I can't come be with you. I can't do X. I can't do Y, whatever. And, and it, and it be okay. Um, so, so I'm looking forward, uh, to, to, to really remaining intentional about that. And also 2020 was a great, was a great exercise in like, you know, that, that Buddhist idea of non-resistance because, you know, no, no matter how much kicking and screaming we did, you know, COVID's not going anywhere. <laughs> like, you know, we got to keep our asses at home and wear masks, you know, if we at least had some good sense. Um, so, so it's really it, a lot of people were forced to make peace with relinquishing control, you know, and those who didn't, well, we know who they are and they're struggling and all that sort of stuff. So, so, so to really, again, bring that sense of, of just letting what is be what is, and and surrendering to the flow of that, um, yeah, a lot of people got pushed in that 2020, and it's a it's a good practice. And I thought I was doing it before 2020, and yeah, then I realized now nah, I was I was like in the minor leagues of that. Now, now I'm now I'm a lot more practiced, um, and and keep on doing that. It has really surprised me over the last nine months of who I really miss and am like desperate to see, and who I like saw regularly and I'm like, I'm good, you know, and, and it's surprising sometimes, right. That, yeah. that now you don't want to go around admitting that to them, but you know, there it is. But it just, it's, it's one of those things that we wrestle with. If you're I was, watching this, I miss hanging out with you. <laughs> you said I'm a throne of lies, oh, yeah. Brian. <laughs> if you're watching, that's different. You know? uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was I'm in the middle of writing a- Or uh, listening, even if you're listening, I miss listening. you. Listening. I was in the middle of writing a, a blog post uh, around this topic, and one of the things I wrote was, I never realized how easily it could be triggered by the simple phrase, are you still watching? Mm. Right? Because you know that pops up if you've been there for a while. And you if know, you see that message pop up on the screen three times in one night, like it's like, oh my God, am I still here? What's happening right now? Are you still watching? Trigger phrase of 2020. We yell at Netflix. Like, why are you being so judgy? <laughs> <laughs> it's a pandemic. Leave us alone. So, exactly. um... I don't think any of us have, but for all of those out there, have you been vaccinated? And what do you say to someone who refuses to take a COVID vaccine on religious grounds? I say, suck it up, buttercup. No, I'm sorry. 
Um, so I have not, I'm, I'm in a parish setting. I do not work in a hospital. So no, I've not been vaccinated. I don't think any of us have. Right. Yep. Not yet. How are, how are, today I, I have many friends up, that do. I signed up to be on the list of like, hey, when it's available, I'm ready. I say after after all we clergy have been through in the last year, we we we're essential workers. We we should be on the front of the of the line. We went through some stuff last year. I I almost I actually have to say I almost signed up for the clinical trial, and I was too late. By the time I mm -hmm. um, saw the ad, it was already full because I really did feel that like as a clergy person, I wanted to show. Like I'll even sign up for the clinical trial because that's how much I believe these are safe and these are, right. this is a good thing to do. Um, Cause I don't, I mean, we're, I'm not part of a denomination or that, that rejects science really in any way. Um, we have, we, we have a good marriage between Christianity and science. We understand that God created all things and that includes medicine and, you know, um, right. the ability to heal. Uh, I, I, so I, I don't know. I actually don't really have an answer to tell you what people said besides the basic God called us to care for one another. God put these plants on the earth and they've, there's been medicinal plants forever. Why, why is this not part of God's creation? Yeah, so the question came up. We have a doctor who attends my congregation. We were talking uh, in our Zoom coffee hour after church on Sunday. And he said something like 40% of their workers have said they don't want to get the vaccine in their medical what? office. <laughs> I'm oh like, my God. Yeah, I've been seeing our. Well, then I'm, I'm like, well, those of us who aren't on any of the first lists, like, if yeah, can we get their shots? Vaccines sitting around that people don't want. Like, there's some of us who are ready, you know, but he, he was trying to anticipate what objections people might have and are there. Mm. religious or theological reasons some might have and and what would you say to that and and i'm not sure you know like i was talking to my parents recently they said they're not going to get vaccinated and they said god has numbered our days so you know we don't need to oh thank god. for the love of god that, that just sort of sent me you know <laughs> that's such an abuse of that scripture it it hurts but well, i don't know i mean what would a religious objection be well, I think you named a good, like, I think that's real for people that, and yet, you know, I, like, are you taking any medication whatsoever? Do you see a doctor ever? Do you, do you I mean, because there belt? are, do you wear a seatbelt? Do you have, do you have polio? <laughs> right. I mean, and I, and I actually, I do understand that there are, there are religious beliefs that reject all of it, but Right. My question of like is, I don't, I guess part of my intolerance of this right now is I don't think your rejections are religious. I think your rejections are political and Agreed. you're using religion to make a political stance. And that's what bothers me about it, right? Because you do all these other things that tempt God numbering your days or blah, 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 you know, whatever. Right. Like that's that's crap, right? That, that that's my thought up. too, Shannon. I think that's exactly right. I think what's underneath is a, is a cultural and political um, resistance that's been framed throughout this whole year of sort of this anti-science viewpoint 
that comes unfortunately more from those on the right. And then there maybe will use religious language to sort of use it as a, as a cover. But I think underneath it is that sort of cultural political objection. Now I have had conversations, especially here in Baltimore, where people are very skeptical, particularly black women are very skeptical about it and said, I'll wait, you know, and see how everybody else does. And that has nothing to do with religion. That has all to do with the medical community and how they have traditionally treated um, yeah. black people in this country and everything else. But, you know, we've actually been asking this question. Well, I've been asking this question of um, legality of like, can we require our staff to have this before coming back to work? Because I, yeah. I know I can't, I can't stop a parishioner from getting it or not, right? I can't stop them from coming in the door, nor necessarily would I. But as a staff person, you're putting all of these people at risk. And so is that something that we need to look into? Now, maybe all our staff people in every church everywhere says, yeah, I'm going to do it. But like, legally, is that something we could even require? Well, what about worship attendance? Forget staff. Like, how many like anti-vaxxers do we want? Uh hanging out in the pews so to speak but that to me gets in really iffy territory of like policing the church doors and i do feel like i've said this before i do feel like we're going to carry around our vaccination card on a regular basis oh absolutely well, i thought it was you know? wasn't it going to be stamped on our foreheads i mean i'm okay with that just like <laughs> microchips vaccinated. we're going to be microchips um what is the <laughs> like the glow light you know the yeah, there, there you go a little, little, little black light stamp um stamp. i i think i now, it's, Ogan, is your mom right. getting vaccinated? That's the question. You know what? She, she is, even though, even, the, even though the last conversation we had a few days even ago about this. Even though this is a Russian conspiracy. She tells me all the reasons why the vaccine's bad and why she's not getting it and how it's, it's designed to sterilize black people. Like, she is down the rabbit hole. And then I say to her, well, I'd like you around for a few more years. I hope you get it. She goes, oh, of course. I'll be first in line. I was like. I said, so, what? <laughs> I don't have this thing sometimes. Apparently, my mother has told my sister she won't get it. She's not getting it. Oh and my so God. my sister has said, you're not going like, to see my kids if you don't get it. You know, exactly. It's just the way it is. And I yeah. think those are the lines we're going to have to draw. You know? And I find it fascinating how, like, I mean, in the span of one generation, views around vaccines have changed so much. I mean, who hasn't been vaccinated against polio and measles and 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 all that stuff that that are adults now who are arguing against the vaccine and i think part of it is as as, as human beings we have such a short memory right so we don't remember when when things like polio was ravaging nations uh and 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 people in iron lungs because of it i mean you know, we don't we don't remember that we had a president who was wheelchair bound because of polio we had as a child. Like all of that is gone from our recent memory. So so adults, you know, maybe our age or younger, are are we all we've experienced like is is a world without these diseases, forgetting that the reason we don't have these diseases is because of vaccinations. But see, that excuse doesn't work for my parents because my dad had polio and so i said what about and the polio survived. i said what about the polio vaccine and they said well that they took a lot longer they had you know they had more time to make sure it was safe this one was oh my god rushed. so so the so so the argument i make to people who say that is 
one, do your research because the same technology that was used to develop the polio vaccine was not used to develop the COVID vaccine. We've come a long ways right. technology-wise. And also, you know, basically, they, they basically mapped the genome of the COVID virus like last February. All the rest but of the year it was, was testing. Right. It's all been the testing. It's all been the trials. Um, you know, it's not this, this not that we don't, they didn't build this vaccine the way they built previous vaccines because previously they had the luxury of taking their time or they didn't have the technology. And then there are people who are like, well, after all this time, we don't have an AIDS vaccine. This can't be right. It's not the same kind of virus, people. Not all viruses are created equal. Right. Do your homework. Well, and not only that, but you had basically every scientist in the world stop what they're doing, exactly. transition over to this, right? Yeah, right. Every yeah. pharmaceutical company, every research lab switched over to this. And that's why we got it. So, and I think there was, I don't know if this was really, really true, but like, I do think there was a much more of an open source concept on this than there usually is because there was- And, you know, and millions of dollars of government funding, right? And, and it, yes, exactly. Like if we, if we could have all those resources at, you know, just think about what we could stop if we just concentrated all those resources. Exactly. And yet all spreading it out is, there are so many diseases that need cures, right? We and, and cancer is not just a cure for cancer. It's all these different kinds of cancers and all these different strains and whatever. But so I'm the sorry. Go ahead. Even as we're talking, no, I was just like gonna like kind of as we're talking. Part of this is where we're getting our information. Part of it is I'm an expert because I have a thought in my head. You know, part of it's that. So in a world of competing sources of information and news. Is it possible for people to have differing views on a common baseline of truth or what is actually real? And if not, is genuine communication and exchange of ideas even possible? Mm. And so in this, to me, the fact that this needs to be eradicated and the way we eradicate that is through a vaccine or we so many massive people die by getting it, you know, right? Like these are our two options here, friends. And so that to me is the baseline. Like, I don't want any more people to die. Right. And, and that's the competition. I feel like as, as we're entering these conversations, like it is emotional. I don't know how to make it not emotional, right? Because I know, I mean, I'm still dealing with phone calls of deaths and everything yeah. else. And again, we've been, um, I get thanked on a regular basis by parishioners because of my speaking out of how people need to stay diligent, right? Mm -hmm. And like bubbles are okay and blah, blah, blah. But like, I, you know, everybody stayed home at Christmas, everybody stayed home at, and their family didn't, their relatives didn't. And I'm getting emails like, yeah. this many people in my family have COVID, thank you so much for being diligent about this and reminding us what's important and things like that. And well, so, you know, yeah, I think there is this base. I'm, I'm jealous because you're getting thank yous and uh just just this week i got the opposite of a thank you oh, no. <laughs> just just this week i got a i got a um why aren't why aren't you talking why is why are we never hearing any news about about the new church space and what we're gonna do and we're like well you know we're in the midst of a pandemic we can't meet right now so we don't think it makes sense to buy a new building that we can't use for another right, year why 
shell out all yeah, that money yeah. for. And apparently, uh, according to this individual, that's Listen, a surefire. If we didn't have building expenses these last nine months, we would be fine. <laughs> right? Right? But here we are. We Not only did we sell a building, but now we got a chunk of money sitting in the bank while, you know, people are struggling. But apparently, uh, this is a surefire, way to, a surefire way to bring about the demise of the church because we're not finding the building and meeting right now. So I'm glad we're getting thank yous. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the opposite, but, <laughs> but, but we've been, I'm sure there, there are people not thanking me. They are just not saying anything. <laughs> there, there, there you go. But um, I, I'd like it. I like it that way. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the thing about the truth thing is that unfortunately, you know, thanks, thanks to a certain president whose days are numbered right now, we, we, there's, there's enough of us who were, who've been told that. It's true when we, it's true because we believe it, not because of facts, not because of evidence, not because of provability. It's true because we believe it. And, and that doesn't hold water. Right. You know, we, you know, we, we're recording this on, on Georgia's election day, right? Where, where people are, are in yeah. line to, to, to vote as we are recording this. And and we just had in the news about the president calling to say, you know, find me the votes because we won. So you believing that a thing happened doesn't make it true, okay? But that's that's a conditioning that's been in the airwaves for the last. It's always been there, but the last four years, you know, we had a whole a whole movement, a whole campaign. Uh, a whole uh, style of governance based on that, and and it's it's taken us for a ride that I think we're not going to get back from for quite some time. It's if we do, like, it's like that old bumper sticker uh, has been tweaked to now say Trump said it, I believe it, that settles it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're and and now the 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 weird parallel to this is, you know, religion is kind of the same thing, right? There, there's a certain there's a certain element of this where where it's true for us because we believe it, um, and and there's a certain faith element that that comes in that comes in with this. So one can almost make that same argument, uh, you know, against religion as well. The difference I feel it is, is is that it's personal, right? It's personal to us, and I'm not sitting here trying to tell either of you that you are wrong because you don't believe what I believe within, you know, a religious context. But there are folks out there saying, you know, like, because you don't believe what I believe politically or about COVID and the vaccine, that you are wrong. And therefore, I'm, I'm going, like, how many, you don't hear a lot of people anymore saying uh, COVID is a hoax, right? Because we're at how many deaths now? 300 and I lost, I didn't watch the news today. But over 300, is it 350? Did we hit the 350 mark or something? We did. Yeah, 350 yeah, people are, have, have died. So I don't think anyone can no longer say it's a hoax. But, but because we didn't do that at first, it's what helped got us to this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, it's a, it's I, a I feel like crazy was... place. Yeah. So one, something a therapist said to me once, which I have held on to very tightly recently was just because you feel it doesn't mean it's true. And I think that that nice. we need to like kind of apply that to the world yes. of like, yes, 
just because you feel it, just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. And in fact, I think about how much the voices in our head lie to us on a regular basis, right? Like just because their thoughts or even feelings doesn't mean that's what's real in the world. And so part of this is- Well, how many voices, how many voices, voices do you got talking to say, you? <laughs> oh, honey, I've got a lot of voices and I can name them. Oh, <laughs> uh, did we lose her? <laughs> oh, there you are. But I, I um, this used to be at least, my, my father and I, my father growing up was a conservative Republican. And I kind of took on those values and then very much veered left, right? Um, shortly after high school and whatever else. And he and I would butt heads a lot. And this conversation of, you know, what we want is very similar, right? We want our families to be safe. We want families to be happy. You know, we want the people we care about to be well. And what we disagree on is how to get there. And, and that used to kind of be the conversation. So you have your way and I have my way and we're gonna disagree, but at the end of the day, we're family and it doesn't matter. And I feel like that's what we've lost in this discussion, right? That's that baseline of, uh, and whether we've lost sight of what's really important. Um, like I, I've heard stories of people not like their children are in the hospital for whatever reason and they refuse to wear a mask in the hospital and therefore cannot go visit their kid like wow. where is your priority right yeah. your priority is with your belief that this mask thing is whatever like and by the way if your kids in the hospital you probably would have to wear a mask no matter whether there was a pandemic or not that's just part of hospital protocol, protocol. but I, I, and so to me, I'm like, what, what is going on in your head? You, you and I do not share a common, um, I just want our families to be safe and we disagree on how to do that. Like, if my kid's sick, I want to be with my kid. You tell me I got to put on 37 layers of PPE to do that? Fine, no problem. Like, just get me there. Right. So that's a fundamental difference to me of, and I, I, I know these are extremes. Like, I, I hear that. But you know, the, exposing your grandmother to COVID is very similar to me, you know. Right. And there are still people who persist in saying masks aren't effective or they don't work or it's just best if we all get it and then develop some sort of, you know, immunity uh, antibodies. What and do you think a vaccine is? I, <laughs> it, it's insane. It literally, it makes you like, crazy. There was, a, there was a, tree, a tweet, sorry, Brian, but there was a tweet the other day that was like, we don't need a vaccine. All we need is to all be exposed to yeah. a little bit of COVID. And I was like, what do you think a vaccine is? Uh, well, um, okay. So okay, on that, well, on that point, like, on. we, we you right. know, science, science disclaimer, this vaccine was not made from parts of the COVID virus. So usually with the COVID virus, they, they, you know, they, they take the original virus and inject a little part of it. Right. right. This right. one was made differently. Mm -hmm. So, so for those who, so back to that question of, you know, people who are worried about getting the vaccine because they're like, you're basically putting some COVID in me. No, was not manufactured not. that way. Mm -hmm. You know, hello, hello, new and improved science. <laughs> so someone yeah. said it's like sending an email telling you how to debunk it, right? Like right. or telling you how to 
rid your computer of a virus and someone sends you an email that says these are the steps you need to take to yes to get rid of this virus. beautiful metaphor and that that's what this vaccine is yeah it is i thought it was a great metaphor that's great so this week actually we're recording on tuesday tomorrow is january 6th which is epiphany sunday today's today is to taking a little turn that's just, that's what did you say today is the three kings for, oh, yes. for his, you know, our, our, our you, you yelled Hispanic really loud, listeners. Sorry. Today's race! What is this bear? 7%? 7.4? I didn't realize this was such a strong bear. <laughs> All right. Ogun's having a good time. Epiphany celebrates the visit of the Magi to the um, child Jesus in Bethlehem. What does this visit signify? How old was Jesus when it happened? Do you think this is a historical occurrence? And if not, what was the writer of Matthew trying to express in this episode? That was a lot of questions, Brian. There's a lot. There's a lot in one question. Yes, <laughs> a lot. I, I I have to begin by doing my actual uh, my annual uh, tirade and and um, insistence of removing the wise men from the crash. Okay that they do not belong there. They were not there at the birth. They need to go. They That's were there with the shepherds, Ogan. That's they, were, they, they were not there. They all not up. read the damn Bible. They were not there. All showed up on the same night at the same time. Yeah. Baby comes out. They're all there. They're they like, all saw Yay! the afterbirth. They were, oh, God, you made it gross, dude. <laughs> You know that when Derek listens to Hamilton and the line, the I'm watching the afterbirth of a nation every time, he's like, <laughs> like every time. I'm listen, hang on, hang, listen, I'm going to lie to y'all. It's 20 years later and I still can't unsee that <laughs> moment. You, you can't unsee certain things. You just, you just can't. You cannot. Um, so, Ogan, uh, so I, by the way, yes. well, they shouldn't, right, they don't belong at the, at the crash or in the manger scene. Why not? I mean, they didn't stay in that bar because for they weren't there. <laughs> you know, we can make we can make the case that the shepherds were there because in the story, the angels appeared. The shepherds, you know, scared the, the Jesus out of the shepherds, pun intended. And the shepherds went to see the, the birth. Jesus, okay, right? Yeah, they weren't they weren't there. And it's it's you know, it's lazy. It's lazy imagery. Oh, let's just combine all the elements related to this, and boom you know, sort of deal. Uh, I think I think that contributes to lazy theology and mis misunderstanding of scripture generally. It's it's really just a metaphor for the whole misunderstanding. So they came so yeah, I'm trying to understand. So did they come later, like when he's a toddler, mm -hmm. or did they is it a is the whole story sort of a, a, a parable? So so well, you know, for me anything any story in the Bible probably didn't happen the way it was written. So but that's a whole that's a whole other show, right? Fair, yeah. Um I'm I'm currently I'm currently I'm currently having a an a Facebook debate with some folks back in Barbados around no one the flood. That's a whole other thing. Oh boy. But but um but yeah, so when you read in the scripture, they have wait what, the what? flood the flood's a whole different thing though. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a whole different thing, though. It is a whole different thing. We're not going to go into that now. But okay. that, didn't ha that didn't happen either. I love again, the blood. That's a whole I love it, too, but it didn't happen. That's a whole other show. Anyways, um, so, so, yes, we read in the scripture that, that Mary and Joseph had returned home, right? Um, and and they, don't, they don't say how much time afterwards that they had returned home. But 
I mean, if we if we assume that again an assumption, if we assume that the star appeared at Jesus' birth, that triggered the journey of the wise men or the exploration of them and how long they had to travel, you know, across the desert from right. assuming, you know, they came from East Babylon or wherever they were because they were Zoroastrians. It's going to take them a while to get there. So One at best, say, a few days later. Yep. Yeah. Um, historical context. M historical context, Matthew, right, talking to Jewish people. One argument is he is writing this story in to fulfill Isaiah 60, that kings will come to pay him yes. homage. That's right. Like he's writing that in for that Gentile purpose. Kings. The yep. other, like some, yeah, some people say, and they bring these gifts, right? They, they bring certain gifts. Um, and then some people talk about how he was actually three years old because Herod, when they go to see Herod first, Herod asks, uh, when this when the star appeared and then he mm -hmm. the slaughter of the innocents is for three-year-olds and under yeah. so that that's uh -huh. you know where kind of we get that number um so there's all kinds of stuff around it and like everything in the bible right we don't know like we don't know but what mm -hmm. in latin america ogan like you said you have these you have a huge day of celebration yeah. um this massive cultural and religious holiday around three kings um so what is it about epiphany? Um, so epiphany can mean a sudden realization or discovery. And so like, what is it about this idea for me, at least this is kind of the question of in the early January, we just talked about resolutions, but what does it mean six days later to have this day of celebration of epiphany? And have you had any epiphanies well, if you're going on a brain schedule, if you're going on a brain schedule, it's a six-day period to sober up from all the December drinking. So, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing's happened in those first few days of January. Go wash. I just decided to lean in. <laughs> I just decided to take December drinking and go. Let's see what January exactly. can do. You know. <laughs> I see you December, and I'll raise you a January. After 2020, why are you not drinking in 2021? <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I, right. I, I think it is a good question with epiphany and, and certainly, you know, from the sort of theological or even worship angle, when we think about celebrating epiphany, how much do we focus on the, the, the revelation or the revealing of the, the child and the divine in the child being born? And then how much do we bring it into more general epiphanies that we might have in our lives where we get an insight about who we are. Uh, I, I, always, I always wrestle on where to lean the emphasis there. I think they're both right and both need time. Any, any thoughts either of you have on that? So in, in Unity, we talk about uh, the three wise men really representing our, uh, the, the innate wisdom that lies within us when that, that springs from connecting to realizing our divine Christ nature. So it's that idea of, so in the story, you know, Jesus is born and then the wise men come. So for each and every one of us in, in every moment that we step away from, you know, the human egoic fears and intellect and all of that, and we connect with our innate divine self, that's, that's us 
in in a in an essence that's that's the birth in us and then when we do that then then that's when we get the epiphanies the revelation the divine wisdom represented by the wise men comes to us so that when we're we're when we're in these life challenging situations we turn within yep. right and then it's revealed to us or we you know get that realization of here's what's ours to do but it comes it comes from a centered Christ-centered, divine-centered place, not from the intellect, which is based on history, fears, facts, you know, pros yeah. and cons, all that, all that sort of deal. So, so for me, it's it's. So this is why, again, I I always I, I want to remove the wise men from the crutch. I want to remove the wisdom. The revelation comes after a sincere uh, desire and effort to connect with our innate divine beingness right it there, there's a certain there's a certain order to it so or sequence like uh, uh to it so that's where i land with that this is an area where we can learn um we skip over this holiday at least in my tradition we kind of do like um i know that maybe more um uh traditional high church they have a you know things with feasts and they do a right. thing that it's a big day. Um, for us, it's really not. And I think that does a disservice, which is why I do try to do it on a Sunday. Um, so when you look at the, you know, Spanish community and they're like, this is a bigger day than Christmas, right? Yep. For them. Um, and I think the beauty of we have come to pay him homage, right? We come to adore is, is a significant one that sometimes we skip over um, because Christmas is so full of other cultural significance or non-significance, if you will. Like, but this is a day where like what, um, not to get all like little drummer boy, but like, what can I bring, right? What can I give? What can I do? What has God called me to live this life? Um, because isn't that the ultimate gift we can give to God is to fully live into ourselves and who we are and who God called us to be. So I, at the same time this year, I have to admit that I'm a little obsessed with that whole Saturn and Jupiter like conjunction thing happening yeah, right go. around Christmas mm -hmm. like, and Christmas star and how like these, um, these astrologers give us permission to kind of talk about that and the beauty of that. And, um, Although the irony is, in some Christian circles, you know, astrology is, oh, you know, that's just horrible. It's just work of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> and Netflix releases a new movie with George Clooney about people going to settle on one of Jupiter's moons. <laughs> why? Why are we obsessed with that? By the way, why? Why are we obsessed with this? How many space stories do we need? But anyway, oh. I just. One more, just one more. Yes, you can never, you can never have too many stories. Yeah, Every, everybody's trying to get off of Earth, man. Earth, Earth is jank, Earth is janked up, and we all, we all. This is, this is the hope, right? The, these space movies give us hope that one day we can escape this ridiculous reality we call Earth. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was gonna say, going. So I, I went along the lines of similar to both of you this past week. We did uh, uh, looking at Parker Palmer's. Uh, let your life speak, where it's sort of trying to tune into who who we are, who who am I, who has God made me to to be, and and how do I 
center myself, quiet myself, listen to who I am. And sort of that as a, so it was sort of a, like, it's a new year, epiphany, tried to tie that all in. Like before we get into all these like resolutions or, or intentions, like what about just figuring out who we are and living from that place? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I always like the end of that scripture where um, having been warned in a dream, they go home by another way. Yes. So that Herod can't follow them. And yes. this year I've really, I've preached that many times, but I feel that's really important for the same reason we talked about in the very beginning, right? We need to go home by another way mm. or leave home in another way, if you will. What, what right? got you here won't get you there. Won't get you there. So that's we right. need to learn and move on. And But I, I can't say that's necessarily an epiphany as much as a thought process right now. Um, yeah. I haven't, I, I have to admit, like I haven't had any... Um, at least any positive epiphanies lately. <laughs> like <laughs> I've had some epiphanies that people really are who they showed me they were. And I don't really like that very much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm I, ready I for really a good epiphany too. Yeah. I want, I would like a positive epiphany, you know, like, yeah. Oh, look, people really are good. <laughs> um, Ogan, have you had any epiphanies, big like ahas? Um, you know, I think I think all of twenty twenty, like this entire COVID time, was was uh, I would say like a with slow burn epiphanies again, right? So so that 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 idea of you know back to what I said earlier, um, who is who is really important? What is really important? You know, how do I want to how do I want to live? What yeah. you know when like when 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 twenty twenty happened and all of us as churches or the vast majority of us you know pivoted online. Right, like, like, what, 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 you know, ministry changed for all of us, you know, and and we've learned a lot about what we like and don't like about church ministry and online ministry, and you know, so the so the clergy professional, yeah, there were there were some insights, there were some epiphanies around around that, and then it's always a question of like, okay, so what do we what do we do with that? What do we do with our epiphanies? Do we act on them? Do we put them on the shelf? Do we like, you know, and then, then, and that brings, that brings up a lot of stuff. You know, how many people talk about, I've been working from home for the last six months and I don't want to go back to the office, right? You know, right. and, and, and stuff and stuff like that. Like, you know, we've been, you know, some people are like, yeah, we transitioned to educating our kids at home and like, they've been, they've been learning more. Or in some cases, you know, people were all like, uh, I was going to say, in some cases, people are all like, you know, I wish I had more time to spend with my kids and my spouse, and they did, and now they're like, yeah, that we don't want to do that no more, <laughs> right? No, I, I... People discovering, I love that people are like, like, I've been married to this person for 15 years, and I've discovered more about them in like the last five months that I couldn't get away from them. So so there's there's been a lot of stuff, and, and it's not so well, much for me, it's never what's been revealed is what do you do with what's been revealed? Right. That's where the real and work I, starts. And I think that people think that epiphanies are this big light bulb moment. And I oh, no. I guess I just want to say that like those happen so rarely yeah. and are just so few and far between that like we need to embrace the little things, yeah. right? Yeah. And to that end, I guess, I mean, it's not necessarily an epiphany, but it is to me of what I've learned about myself is that... Um, as a huge extrovert, I actually need alone time, but not to regenerate, but because 
and not to get into all this blah, 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 but as an Enneagram two, my whole life's purpose is to take care of everybody else. And the only time I can give myself permission to not take care of everybody else is to be alone. And that's yeah. not on anybody in my family. Nobody expects that from me. Nobody would like, that's just me. And so I did learn that about myself. And that was a like, huh, what do I need to do with that? And how do I need to, you know, work, work that space into my life, you know, as, a, as, an, as, any, as, as my husband does probably work from home from here on out, you know, right. and I don't, I'm not going to have a lot of time alone in my house. As an, as an Enneagram nine, who's always afraid of displeasing others. I've learned that I can't displease them if I'm not around them. So COVID worked, COVID worked great for me. <laughs> There you go. Well, I will say, you know, having the shed workspace is helpful uh, when... I was thinking about that shed today. I was like, God, thank God they got that done in time. (laughs) It's been a lifesaver on a number of levels. Yeah. Well, any final words, friends? How How many times during the homeschooling, Brian... Did, did the kids get on your nerves and instead of saying to them, go to your room, you're like, I'm going to the shed. Yeah, that definitely happened. That, I, and, and Christy may have said it more than me. <laughs> I was like, I have to go to the grocery store. And like, was, um, I, I will fully admit to at least once, if not more than once, going to our local Mexican restaurant and ordering a margarita and sitting in the parking lot and drinking it. There you go. There you go. You got, hey, we all got to do what we got to do. do. (laughs) Exactly. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to (sighs) do. Anything else? Is that a wrap? We're a wrap. I I think so. Well, the last thing I'd say to folks is like, you know, continue to give yourself the grace and patience in 2021. You know, you know, like nothing's changing overnight. If you haven't realized this yet, (laughs) like between 2021 nothing's changing overnight we we still got a chunk of time that we're gonna be in this so pace yourself be patient with yourself and others and, but, and be smart but, but and there's a lot to look forward to and oh I absolutely absolutely a new there year is. awaits yeah in july well, the new year are. really, the new year really starts like late summer. So. <laughs> okay, I'm done now. Well, thank you for tuning in, friends. You can show your love for Pub Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to extended interviews with special guests and before and after the show banter. You know you want that. Uh, visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And of course, a big thank you to our current patrons. Feel free to connect and spread the word about our show on social media using hashtag ptlive. And of course, you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. You can watch us live if you like on Facebook. So, you know, the whole shebang unedited. Uh, check us out on our Facebook page, usually Tuesdays around 4.30. And if you'd like to find and create a pub theology group in your town, a lot of groups are still meeting via Zoom. Uh, you can uh, find information at pubtheology.com directory. 
until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Great. Excellent. Good job. (laughs) I'm just glad I didn't say, like, welcome to Pub Democracy, the Pub Democracy podcast. (laughs) 